Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Redline Fitness in Corpus Christi, Texas, EJ Lopez. How are you doing today, sir? Good, man. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better day. It's beautiful. I get to talk to gym owners, living the life. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about Redline. Let's talk about what you're doing there. Tell us all about it. Okay. So um, like you said, we're located in Corpus Christi. We're kind of on the north side of town. And um, we started off just as a, me and my wife started off coaching at a couple of gyms in the area. And um, over our time being there, we just decided that the area needed something different. And uh, we saw things we didn't like at other gyms and we just took those things. And, you know, at some point you can't complain because it's not your place. So we decided that uh, if we wanted to make it our own, we needed to make our own. And so after about two years of being in a couple different gyms, we decided to open up Redline and that's what we did. Awesome, man. So you've been open about two years there in that location? Yes. Well, we started off in a small, in a smaller location. Um, we started off in, I think it was about 900 square feet and, uh, you know, just, we kind of just went for it. We, we decided that we wanted nice equipment. It's an, it, this is kind of the nicer end of Corpus and uh, in the outside of town, I guess. And we decided that, I guess you hate going into gyms and saying, yeah, the membership's $90 a month. And people kind of look at it, a garage and they're like, Oh, what am I paying for? You know? And so I wanted a place that when you walked in, you were going to walk in and say, man, this place is going to be expensive. And that's what we created. And so we started off in just a nice 900 square foot building and uh, basically took all the money we had and put it on nicer equipment, made the place look nice. And uh, over the course, within a year, we got too big for what we were in and we had to get big. We had to move to something bigger. And so now we're in about a 7,000 square foot facility. Yeah, that's like the Taj Mahal in comparison, right? Yeah, yeah, it was almost too big. And then the second we got in here, we we're like, man, we we might need something bigger. <laughs> what was the time frame for when you moved into that situation in comparison to, you know, that little pandemic thing that happened? So we opened in the worst time to create a small business. Um, we opened up in October of 2019. And then the pandemic happened. March 18th is when we got shut down. And, um, were you already in that new space or no, 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 no. We okay. were still in our smaller location. Um, and the pandemic happened, they shut us down on March 18th of 2020. And, uh, I want to say we were closed down for two months. Um, during that time, it was a, it was a really weird chaotic time for us. We actually had a business partner at the time. Um, and we had our differences on how to go about the pandemic. I mean, no one really knew what to do because it, this, there's not a book on this part of business, you know, no, no one plans for that. And um, what we ended up doing was uh, it, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we had our differences and our partner decided to bounce at that time. So uh, it gave us the opportunity to run with what we wanted to do. Um, 
when the pandemic hit and they shut us down, we ended up we ended up just lending out every piece of equipment we had to the members. Um, we programmed dumbbell and kettlebell only workouts and body weight workouts, and then we opened up our garage. And uh, I think we brought like three assault bikes, three rowers, and then enough barbells and bumpers for three people. And um, we literally opened up our garage twenty four seven for the whole shutdown. And uh, I think there were some days from seven in the morning till nine o'clock at night, we had the sound system going in our backyard and people were working out. And luckily our neighbors didn't complain. So I'm, I'm amazed they didn't. I was going to say, you're going to let your neighbors work out for free or something like that. So the Man, we threw it out there. No one wanted to hop in, but we got really lucky that, uh, that our neighbors were very, very generous about that because we could have probably gotten in a lot of trouble. And yeah, but who knows now that I'm open about it, we might still. <laughs> It's fantastic. Maybe, maybe you invite them to a barbecue or, you know, gym party or something like that as a, as a thank you, but that's, that's awesome. So yeah, you, you moved into this space and I mean, you, you've really been, you had a lot of people from, you know, your previous coaching at gyms and people that came with you and you stuffed that facility and then you're in this big place, but you know, you're up around 200 members now. Uh, so the, the question, you know, we always have, Anytime you talk to another gym owner, they're going to say, how big is your space? How many members do you have? Right. It's like, it's like asking somebody what their friend time is and how much they can, they can deadlift or squat. Like it always yeah. comes up. So your space is, is pretty big. Like you said, 7,000 square feet and you're about 200 members or so right now. Correct. So the, the next natural question is besides that core group that you have, that's followed you over your coaching career, yours and your wife, right? You guys are mm -hmm. business partners, both coach in the gym, like, this Correct. is, this is the, the family business. So, um, you know, but besides those people, how else have you gotten people in the door to grow to that number? So we've been very lucky with the, um, we haven't actually done a lot of advertising other than social media stuff, um, but we've been very lucky with word of mouth. And um, I would say our core group of members is, and uh, if they listen to the podcast, they're going to kill me, but it's going to be, it's soccer moms. And, you know, they hate being called soccer moms, but I mean, that's, that's what they are. We got this, it, and they're a great community because they want to socialize for a long time. That's what my wife was. She was just a stay-at-home housewife with four kids and she had no social interaction. And you tell one one comes in, she does something she never thought she could do. She feels super strong. She feels super fit, super confident. All of a sudden she's wearing a pair of jeans she's never worn before. And she wants to tell everyone about it. And we've been very blessed in that sense of we've given a space for, and again, we're about 80% female where they can, they feel like they can come into a gym. They get a very personal approach on fitness and they don't feel like they're getting the they're having guys check them out while they're squatting or they have some creepy dude coming up to them and being like, Oh, here, let me show you how to do, how to do a back squat, you know? And so that's actually been the biggest help is they pass it along to their friends and they come in and they just want to work out with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever we hear that, we know that, um, you know, one of, one of the things that, you can do is you can advertise the hell out of your business, right? And it can be super profitable. You can, you can get people in the door in droves, but if, if the quality of what they get sucks, if they're not getting results, if they're not feeling like they belong, if they're not bought in, they're going, coming in the front door, going out the back door. So it's just this constant churn. So right. it's not just, Hey, we're good. 
and people want to talk about us. It's, hey, we're good. We're good enough that people want to talk about us when they're new and excited, but they also want to keep coming back and bringing their friends and they're not going out the back door, right? You're not churning exactly. out 30 people in, 25 people out every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a strong testament to, you know, your experience, thing, you know, finding things that worked well, that that kept you in the gyms that you were in before, and then filtering out, hey, these are all the things that I didn't like. And that doesn't mean it's gonna be right for everybody, but you're bringing in the people that like the things that, that you provide and aren't looking for the things that you don't want to. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you had mentioned that you've been in, in the CrossFit community before and it's CrossFit prices are different than what you're gonna pay at a global gym and, um, or that functional fitness prices, you know? I mean, for someone to come in and say, your membership's gonna be $150 a month and then they look and they're like, well, I can go to Planet Fitness for $9 a month. You know, it, that's a hard sell and they gotta walk in and realize that, hey, they got to get sold on that because $140 difference is big to people on a budget, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you're never going to compete with those gyms on amenities, on facilities, on signage, on advertising. So unless right. your product is really, really good, people are going to, they're going to see that $150 a month come out of their bank account. Like, now nah, this ain't it. So yeah, you, you know, if you lose focus on that and aren't, I don't want to say selling people every time they come in the door, but you're, you're reinforcing that decision every single time or else they're one, two bad classes away from see you later. Hey, I'm going to put my membership on, on hold quote, or something came up, you know, whatever it is. Cause exactly. nobody's ever like, Hey man, you're not worth it because in yeah. the community, they're not going to tell you that they don't see the value because they're going to see you every day and, and you have that relationship. But that's what they're saying, right? They're voting with their wallet one way or the other, right. whatever, whatever the answer is. And I get it. You know, sometimes people move, sometimes we will get hurt. Sometimes we have life changes, but mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem to happen as much in the gyms where people stick around. It's like miraculously, uh, there's a difference. So watching that churn, keeping up on top of that is super huge. So, you know, your attention to it is, is important. And I'm sure it's why you're reaping those benefits. So that's, that's always great to hear. Um, you are a, we'll, we'll, we'll not use any, any corporate terms, uh, and get in trouble, but uh, I got you mixed modality, functional fitness facility, first and foremost, that might look like some things you've seen on ESPN, but for the everyday person. So that's your bread and butter, your group classes, group fitness, yes. community, shared suffering, all that. Do you offer anything else? Are you offering personal training? Are you selling any supplements? Are you selling gear? Are you doing, um, you know, like specific, like, I don't know, uh, uh, glutes and abs classes or, or anything like that? Like what other things are you offering or thinking about offering? So I guess uh, to hit the supplement thing, um, we've been offered multiple times to, oh, you know, hey, why don't you sell these supplements and we'll give you a, a kickback on what you sell. Um, but the thing is, we got we got a good relationship with a local supplement uh, shop. They're kind of like, we'll call them a GNC, but they're not. And, you know, I'll give them a shout out because they're awesome. Uh, it's called Rocks, Rocks Vitamins and More. And they've always been a huge supporter of ours. And so why are we going to burn a bridge with a local business just to try to make an, a couple of extra dollars. So on the supplement end, we always try to work with local companies and keep good relationships because I think relationships pay out better on the long run than a quick 
kickback on percentage. Um, as far as other things, after the pandemic hit, uh, we realized that the um, the dumbbell only and the body weight workouts was actually a big selling point. And people really liked it because when they travel, they don't have the functional fitness type workouts at or workout equipment at at their hotels or wherever they're at, or if they have to drop in at like a globo gym. So we we offer a body weight only and a dumbbell only program every every day. It's available um, and it gets updated every week, and we run a program on that. And then um, as far as like a glutes and abs, we do program them, but just not on a regular basis. It gets put in more into our regular programming. Um, as far as other stuff, we do offer personal training myself, uh, a couple of our trainers all work one-on-one -on -one with some clients, uh, depending on their availability. So that's a big, a big selling point is the one-on-one -on -one stuff. And some people want to just come in and they're just not quite comfortable stepping into a group class yet. So they'll do the normal programming, just one-on-one -on -one with a coach and it makes them feel confident. And then sooner or later, they end up knowing that they can do it. They see the classes and they're like, well, I just did that same workout yesterday. I could probably do that with the group. And so they do that. Um, but we also have 24 hour access, which is a huge selling point in the area that came on with COVID. Um, and so it's something that no other gym in the area has as, as far as what we do. And so that's been a huge selling point and members love that. They love that on a Sunday, they can come in and get their own workout in. And uh, we also have a sauna, we have an ice bath, which are just little, to me, silly amenities that that's not offered. And that was ultimately our big picture was we wanted to take everything that other similar functional fitness gyms don't have. And we want to put them in there and kind of blur the lines between a functional fitness gym and your global gym, the, the simple amenities, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that's one of the things that I always like to get into. And no matter what you think you're doing, no matter what brand you have, whatever's going on, if you can't tell somebody very succinctly and with confidence what makes you different from the guy down the street because you look like xyz gym to somebody who doesn't know not you but in general exactly so like hey you know what we do all those things and yeah we you know we do believe we have great community great coaching great programming but we also are the only gym that has you know a sauna has an ice bath has a 24 7 access and i want to dive into that for a minute having a sauna having a nice bath pretty straightforward concept to understand, right? You buy it, you put it in a spot, you use it. There's not a lot of implementation, but I'm curious about how you did your 24 seven access. Cause there's a few different ways to do it. Some people just, you know, give everybody a key to the gym, throw some cameras up and call it a day. Some people go a little bit further, spend a few thousand dollars, have, you know, key fobs and cameras linked and monitoring. How deep into that world did you get? And, and what do you think the return on investment has been? So um, we pay, uh, we pay, I want to say $150 a month for an app through, and again, I don't mind dropping names because they're an awesome company and I hope someone would share our name. Uh, it's called Hybrid AF. Okay. Hybrid, AF, yep. hybrid athlete foundation. Yep. And they are a super awesome program. It's an app-based uh, setup where they come in um, on your initial setup payment. They come in, they send a locksmith and he just sets everything up digitally and it's all set up on Wi-Fi. And so uh, whenever you walk up to the door, you open your app. And as long as your membership's active and your payments up to date, you click hold to unlock, it unlocks the door and you walk in. 
And uh, I get uh, an alert every time someone comes in the gym. Um, I can open the door remotely from anywhere I'm at. I've been on vacation in Dallas and a member calls me and they're like, hey, I, uh, for some reason, the app's not working and I can just unlock the door for them, you know? Um, and so it's really an awesome, awesome app to, uh, to, it's an awesome program and their customer service is awesome. Uh, we, after that, we installed cameras and upped our insurance a little bit to meet some, some higher standards just to co just to, as a CYA thing, you know, cover our own butts. Um, and then as far as the, the, the income revenue and how it's helped us, um, funny enough, when it first started, we were just like, it's an, it, it'll be an amenity to offer our members that either they can't make it or the class sizes because of COVID, they don't, they're not comfortable being around people, but we can hold our, we can hold them as a member because they can come in off hours. Then it turned into, Hey, I have a friend who's a power lifter. They don't want to do CrossFit, but there's no powerlifting gyms in the area. Is there any way they could come in off hours and work out and use it, you know, use the equipment? And I'm like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll charge them $50 a month. And so that turned into an open gym only membership of just $50 a month. You can come in at that outside of class times and use it whenever you want. And then with the sauna and the ice bath, uh, jujitsu has become really big in the area and guys want to cut weight for a meet. And so all of a sudden we got these jujitsu guys that are coming in just to sit in the sauna for two hours a day. And so we've, it's been really cool that we've been able to reach into this, you know, just with the silly sauna and ice bath and 24 seven access, you know, uh, the 24 hour with the, our open gym members that pays that that's paid for itself. Plus multiple, uh, many times over the sauna after the jujitsu guys heard about it. I think we paid off the sauna in two months, you know, and it's just been, Silly amenities like that, just thinking outside the box has really been pretty, pretty awesome for us. Yeah, man, that's, that's great. So the, the added revenue from the open gym memberships, and you don't have to get going exact numbers, but I think the whole setup with hybrid AF is, is probably a couple grand going in and then the 150 bucks a month. And so your open gym memberships have paid for that. So it basically financed you adding an amenity for your regular group fitness members. Right. A little bit out of pocket up front, but you've already gotten that back. So something to consider. And you went into it, I don't want to say spare no expenses, but they're about the most thorough system that I've seen. And then you, like you said, you were smart about it. You did, you upped your insurance, right? You call up whoever you got, hey, yeah. this is what I'm doing. They ask you if you have cameras. Yeah, we do. All right, cool. So you can log everything. and. And you, you're just kind of keeping everything above board and not penny pinching and putting yourself at risk down the line. Absolutely. And, you know, it comes down to that old mindset of business. You got to spend money to make money. And I feel like there's a lot of, and actually I've seen it, it's gotten better over the years since we've gotten in business, but you walk into these, we'll call them the functional fitness gyms. And the, the initial, the initial mindset was, Oh, it's a garage gym. And you know, it's kind of that, there was kind of that cool thing of it being a dirty, grungy garage gym with some bumper plates and it added to the experience. But I feel like, again, in that, in a certain price point, you have to make it be different. And that was ultimately what we wanted. And, and like you said, we tried to really spare no expense. Um, if we see something broken, it gets fixed as fast as possible. I try to buy the gym a quote unquote, a gift every month, whether it's a, a couple new bumper plates or swap something out, uh, another set of dumbbells, because I feel like 
having nice equipment, it really does go a lot further. And again, walking into seeing, walking into a place and I want people to walk in and go, wow, this place is going to be expensive. Yeah. I like that you space it out on a month to month basis too, because it's like, I always tell people you make these big bulk purchases, they hurt your bank account. They, they kind of strap your, your cash flow, and it's like giving your kids all their gifts on Christmas, right? Yeah. They play with everything for a couple hours and then they're, then they're bored with it. So if you, if you constantly can come with it, granted, I'm not saying go out and buy your kids a new gift every month because I'm not going to talk but it's really a good way to kind of, it's one more thing that you can add into the mix of, hey, this is where your membership dues go. And, and I like that. So um, your members know where the membership dues are going. Where's the business going? What's your vision? Where are you growing as an entrepreneur? What's the future look like for you? And where do you feel like you need to grow or change or learn in order to, to get wherever it is you're going? Man, uh, you know, I think we've gotten, and I don't want to risk of sounding cocky or arrogant, we've gotten to the point where we've provided a, a comfortable living for my family um, with the gym. But my next goal is to try to provide a, a living for other people. I want all of our coaches with exception of two are have other jobs and they come in and coach because they really enjoy it. Or, um, a couple, one of them was a former D one athlete and he just, he injured himself. So he wants to make sure other kids don't injure themselves, you know, but I want to make it. So our coaches are full-time coaches and they can make a career out of what out of redline fitness you know i want to provide a comfortable living for other people next so that would be the next big goal you know for me uh to provide something better for other people and then but with that is means more memberships we're going to need a, a bigger facility than we're already in you know um so that but that's ultimately if i can pass it along and provide something for somebody else to me that's a big blessing i love that man that that hits home for me super hard because one of the biggest unexpected surprises for me as a gym owner was I knew I was in this to change lives of members, right? That's, that's a given. But when you start realizing you can impact other people's livelihoods besides your own, right? Once your bills are paid, once things are good, when you can, when you can really start spreading that out amongst people that are in your tribe that are aligned with you, that's, that's an amazing feeling. So I, th I think that's probably one of the, the best goals anybody can have. And you never, almost nobody knows it until they get in it and they're like, yeah, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to do. So, so I love that, man. That that's fantastic. Um, yeah, man. And, and you're right. It, it, and it feels good. You know, last, um, last year, a, a year during a pandemic, when everyone shuts down, I was able to give our coaches a Christmas bonus. And one of our coaches cried because she didn't expect it. You know, and it feels good to, it feels good to do that. If, when especially because a lot of these gyms don't even pay their coaches but to pay them and then be able to give a bonus and give them something more to me that feels good absolutely man I, you, you hit a chord there for me so that's i can't agree more i'd love to talk about some other aspects of the business unfortunately we are just about out of time but before i let you go tell me where people can find you social media handles website facebook instagram where's all that stuff so um, we're on Facebook and, and Instagram. It's uh, Redline Fitness CC is our is our tags, and you can find us Redline Fitness Corpus Christi. Uh, some if you type in a certain uh, franchise name, somehow <laughs> we end up in there, even though we don't we're not affiliated with them. You type in that in Corpus Christi, and our name happens to come up somehow. But uh, yeah, that's how you find us Redline Fitness CC Redline Fitness Corpus Christi. 
Awesome, man. I thank you so much for your time, for being here with us. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. You're very welcome. To everybody out there listening, we appreciate you too. Thank you for your time. We love that you spend part of your day with us. We hope this makes it a little bit better, maybe gives you some ideas to use in your business. We hope you find it helpful. If you want to hear more episodes, hit the subscribe button. You'll get notified when new episodes drop. If you'd like to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we have Kyle. Kyle, how's it going, man? Hi, guys. Good. You? Good, good, man. Thanks for being on the podcast, especially on such short notice. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, uh, so let's dig right into it. So let the audience know um, where you located and what's the name of your facility. Uh, I'm located in Nashua, New Hampshire. So we're in New England. And the name of the facility is Veritas Performance Training. Okay, man. Awesome. I love it. So kind of kind of walk me through like how long have how long have you had the facility and what made you want to open it up in the first place? Yeah, I've been open for about six to seven years now. Um, so it happened for me as an athlete in my early twenties, I was kind of in like this situation of constantly training. Um, so my sport was Brazilian jujitsu and I competed that for about like 12 to 15 years. And at the beginning of it, you know, it was always just do more, do more. And at that time I was training full time, but also working, uh, in construction, so I wasn't exactly taking an easy job. I was a site worker. So, you know, just a laborer. And um, one winter, um, I studied up to get my CSCS because I kind of felt like I was like getting a little burnt out, wanted to switch things over. Um, so I did that and I got certified and took an internship. And then everything was going okay, but I blew, blew my knee out. Um, and had an injury with a meniscus and then that kind of set me back and I was I was kind of like troubled with it and realized like hey PT worked but I wasn't like able to like really get back to my competitive like self so it kind of put me in this position where I was just intrigued about taking more on and seeing like do I want to look more into physical therapy do I want to look into more performance training and then that kind of like stemmed the rabbit hole. I worked for a few years in a couple good gyms. I got a lot of experience, but the hard part was, is like, I felt like I wanted to do my own thing. Um, and I wanted to be kind of like, I don't know if it was necessarily in charge, but I just felt like 
I just had a different method. I did. I wasn't concerned with running groups. I wasn't concerned with, with just one style. I just wanted to like fix and help and try to get bridge that gap between like PT and training. And then, um, what happened was, is I decided to start going back to school for exercise science. So I, I, I did, um, I did a um, community college to get some coursework done so I could apply for grad school, got in, did that online. And then um, it was like during my winter break, all of a sudden, like I got a chance to sign a lease for about like, I think it was like 2,500 square feet. Okay. And, um, and at that time, like, I don't know how many people are really psyched to sign a lease with a kid who's like in his twenties, he's in, he's in school and he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to make this work. And I was full time. So I had six yeah. weeks off for a winter break, signed a lease at like Thanksgiving and then literally put the pedal down and worked my nuts off for six weeks to just have something to train people in. Um, and it started small, you know, we had like, you know, I had like an assessment table, a bench, like couple kettlebells and you know, uh, not much. I didn't even have squat racks. I think I, I built my own like deadlift platforms. Okay. And, uh, and then like little by little, just like worked on it and, you know, got some racks, bought, bought stuff on like Craigslist to get, you know, just some weights in and, and built it. Um, and then that kind of started it. And um, I was training still Brazilian jiu-jitsu doing well competing. And then um, all of a sudden the school, uh, kind of shut down and there was nowhere to go um and i was one of the upper belts so a lot of the guys were like hey let's put mats in your gym <laughs> and, so I said, and it was so small like at that time we used to have to we did it and uh we used to have to set the mats up every night we wanted to train and then take them back up and pile them in a corner um oh, so man. yeah that was yeah. that was kind of like the gist of it and then since there you know we we worked with a lot of athletes that were trying to bridge the gap from like middle school to high school, high school to college. Um, and then, you know, after being at that one space for a couple of years, you know, we moved to a bigger space, better location, um, you know, and just kind of kept pushing the envelope on what we could do and how the business could grow. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. And, and one thing I love about that too, is that you didn't like, you didn't sink a ton of money into it in the beginning. Like you didn't go out and get, crazy loans and like like put all your shit on the line right like you just you know got it started I mean and just just worked it you know just added little by little so the cool thing about that is I mean it, you probably didn't like incur a bunch of debt during that process right no so what was cool is so I, I we at that point I, I was kind of broke from putting myself back through school the first couple wow. of years being a strength coach uh was not a lot of money um, and then like, I remember to get the prereqs done for grad school, I had to sell my car and then get like a $500 car so I could get like my classes paid. Um, so then when it came to opening it up, yeah, like, um, I had some equipment, I looked through like used secondhand equipment, and then we were also able to have some supporting, um, clients that were like, Hey, we'll prepay for two years of our membership ahead of time but if you shut down you owe us the difference of what you know we prepaid and That's so cool. that was that was super good you know like that really helped you know we took care of like anyone who prepaid we made sure they had really good like long-term benefits of saying like hey thank you for believing in the business yeah go. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I even took one of the athletic indoor athletic fields was replacing their turf and throwing, they were like throwing away the turf. So we got like 50 yards of indoor turf for like a few hundred bucks. But the hard part, it was with all that rubberized pellets in it. So uh, we had yeah. to freaking beat it out of it before we could roll it up to move it in sections. And then we yeah. were like installing it ourselves in buildings and stuff. It was wild. Man, and people, what people don't know is those pellets, like they, I mean, it makes the turf extra heavy too. Like when, it, when it's all spread it. out through there, yeah. like you wouldn't think that, right? Like oh just, my God. oh, it's a couple of pellets. Oh, it's insane. We, I remember when we put it back in, I was yelling at everyone. I was like, put just enough in so that we're good. I don't ever want to have to take these out again. Yeah. But you know, then, then you build up and you keep going. When we moved to our third facility, we were able to put down like rolled rolled turf that's more designed for indoor use. Right, um, right. You know, we were we were able just to kind of keep going and build off of it. Yeah, love it, man. So um, from yesterday when we talked a little bit, so you guys are four thousand square feet now. Um, yeah. How many coaches do you have um, other than yourself? So I have Ben, Anthony, and Blake, and then we have a couple coaches that come in while they're. Um, kind of on break from college. There's some some of um, the kids that we worked with in high school are exercise side majors. So okay. they come and help out. That's Tanner and um, Nate. Okay, cool, cool. And the cool part about the coaches is outside of Ben, Ben was uh, Ben walked in cold like two years ago and just like walked in the gym and was like, I'm looking for a job. And I wasn't, it's totally threw me off. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> And he was just this super reserved and educated individual. And we slowly hit it off. And all my coaches have had to do internships where you got to be here like at least two months. You set your schedule, but it's just about you being here. It's not paid. You need to understand. It's about wanting to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. um, but Blake, Tanner, Ant, um, and Nate were all um, athletes that I had trained in the past. So mm -hmm. Blake and Ant, I trained when they were like, oh man, 15. So close to 10 years ago. So some, yeah. it's kind of cool now, like full circle, you were working yeah, in high school and now they, they work alongside you. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and looking at like at the adult memberships. So like, I know that we, we kind of talked yesterday. So it's like, basically it's individual programming, but in a group setting. So kind of walk me through a little bit how that works and who does the programming, et cetera. So I believe that all the coaches need to like be programming because it's kind of like something that you can't just like write programs like once a year or, or, or like, you, you know, Oh, you don't write programs. You just coach. I think that all the coaches should hold a responsibility to the design of, of how they're trying to train people. So like mm -hmm. the stimulus that they're applying you know, like it's a big, it's a big science piece, but it's also a big art form of how you're approaching that individual. That's true. Um, so we try not to, like I've worked in the past where coaches just split, like, okay, I take, you know, these 10 people, you take these, you take these. And then the next time they need programs, we all switch. Um, I try to have it that the coaches were all going to work. It's not necessarily together, but it's important that like, we're not just changing gears. Cause if, Ben puts together a cycle 
um, for an individual athlete with a specific focus. And then I'm not aware of that. And the next time I sit down to write programs, I'm looking at their data set and then I'm going to a different stimulus. Whereas mm -hmm. we try to put together a big long-term plan if we have it. I mean, in reality, some people just are in to say, Hey, fix my back. Hey, I'm, you know, I need to lose some weight and so forth. So then yeah. that, that system is a little more straightforward. Um, so all the coaches are, are responsible for screening as well as uh, implementation of the program. And then we all try to sit down and review on a weekly basis of what our intentions are. So, cause I might write a program, but then I'm not available one night when the client comes in. So it's important that we're all on the same page so that they're aware mm -hmm. of what, what we're seeing. So it's, yeah. it's the great part is, is that all the coaches here, we really enjoy each other's company and we really enjoy trying to grow each other. Oh, so we're good. always, we're always trying to feed information of what our approach is with said individuals. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. And, and that's really good because a lot of times, you know, the communication isn't, isn't on par in, in some facilities and when it's not, I mean, it, it kind of negates the whole experience with the client because, you know, if, if you program something specific for them and, you know, there was something that you didn't relay to one of your coaches, like they don't know if it's wrong or not. And even if they do, most of the time, they're not going to speak up either. Yeah. And I yeah. truly believe like, so you're only as good as your two eyeballs, but if you have four sets of eyeballs on your demographics of who's training with you, you know, like Ben in college specialized in foot mechanics and, and all that. So like he might pick something up on the shift that I don't see somebody and then he brings it right up to me or I might, uh, you know, I did a lot of shoulder and hip work. So if I see something with a shoulder, I'll say, Hey, you know, I'm seeing this on the scapular mechanics and we need to be aware of that over the next two weeks to see if we can get improvement on it. So it's yeah. fun. We enjoy it. It's, it's a tough system. Like if you come in as an intern and you're expecting to just, all right, what's today's workout. And I run a hundred people through it. It doesn't yeah. exist. You're like, what do you call this exercise? And some, we try to keep the terminology the same, but we all know yeah, yeah. there's a lot of terms. And so, Sometimes one coach will call it something different. So you got to be uh, on par with everybody's uh, terminology too. So I, I, I think it's fun. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And um, so like, as far as like getting these people in the door, um, what are you guys doing for like, um, you know, leads? Is it mostly word of mouth? Do you do any advertising? So, yeah, we, I would say a lot of our, uh, well, one is we're strength coaches and we don't have we don't have a marketing background, but we try to stay reachable on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we'll make our posts, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, and so forth, um, that shows what, what's kind of going on in our four walls. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is a lot of our work is word of mouth. I mean, there, there are people out there that are happy with our services. You know, some people come, they stay, some people come, we fix them, they're happy with it. And then they go about their, their livelihood. They, they don't need, you know, they don't require our services anymore, but they still recommend us and go forth. So mm -hmm. I would say we're pretty like, we're, we're kind of old school. It's more like who we meet. It's who, who we've worked with and word of mouth. Um, you know, whether we meet someone with a, a local, like Ben likes to rock climb. So he'll meet people rock climbing. Okay. I love golfing. So I'll meet people out golfing and they'll be, oh, my back, my back's always hurting. And I'll just be like, you know, I try not to do my sales pitch because I'm not at work. Right, but, I, right. but I try to say, hey, well, you know, you have some restrictions in X, Y, and Z, you know, you should do these stretches. And then, you know, I, you just try to help. I think the biggest thing, if you offer help and people 
have value to that help, then they're going to come in and see you. And then as long as you have a good atmosphere, which I think we do, you know, it's really fun. Um, you know, there's always a variety. You could have somebody in who's just training to lose weight and be healthy. And then in the summers, we have all of our collegiate athletes as well as some that play professionally overseas that are right in the mix. And I'll see, you know, sometimes I'm at my desk and I laugh because I'm trying to get some stuff done. And I hear one of the one of the, uh, the the guys or girls from college or, or so forth, just pumping up the adults. And then you see the adults just like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of like yeah. they relive their youthfulness and, and they yeah. get in and kind of like, you know, they, they have fun training together in the same setting. So I, I think it's, I think it's all about that, that when you keep that good and we know that our service is well, uh, you know, well-placed and we put our, a lot of effort into it, then we, you know, we, we get more work. Yeah, I, I love it, man. And I love that uh, philosophy too. So now one thing, so there's uh, two questions left that I have for you and then we'll be off of the pod today. Um, so the first one, and you can go as much in detail as you want on this or not. Um, let's say, you know, you can, we can say like the last year, two years or so, like what's, what's been your like biggest struggle as, as a company, as a business owner, um, you know, like with your, was it like more employee base? Is it client base? Like, what would you, what would you attribute that to? Or challenge? I, think, I can say a challenge. So the too. biggest, the biggest challenge is that a lot of us, I think that a lot of us are strength coaches. Well, all of us are strength coaches and, and exercise side focused so that we're, our goal is, is like our performance base and making sure that we do our screenings and, and, you know, right now we're seeing, um, like return to sport protocol for, for um, like, it's too vague. Like some doctors are letting kids go back sub year, this and that. So we try to like organize our sets, but I'd say the biggest challenge is that we're not necessarily those guys that are on podcasts or on social media because we're more like, okay, well, we want to do our testing protocol for return to sport ACL, even though, you know, that's usually the ortho's job, but like, we still are seeing gaps in like, you know, we had one kid with a, a, an Achilles tear. And if you look at the protocol at this timeline, he's supposed to be out of a cast yet. They're saying, no, you're going to be in a cast for eight more weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's tough. Like we're trying to put, we try to put together and put our efforts in that. And I yeah. think that, that sometimes that sometimes can bite us in the butt because like in fall, you have a lot of sports, all your kids are back to school. You know, your adult demographic uh, is trying to one, get their kids in a routine for school, um, get themselves back in a work routine as we start, you know, in place work. So sometimes we get a little quiet um, in this time of year. And I think yeah. that our biggest trouble is that we lack, we lack a marketing aspect for us because we know that it's like a catch 22, right? I could be a yeah. great marketer, but have a shitty service. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. We're focused on a yeah. great service and we're bad at marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like, we're, I'd say our biggest trouble is, is that, but as far as for, for clientele, the people we have are great. The staff all gets along and works very cohesively. Um, so I'm lucky on all, all the cylinders there. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. It's, and that's a good point you bring up too. Um, I would rather be in your position than the other, because when it comes to having, you know, a great product like you have, you know, marketing, if you like given the right marketing strategies, it's really easy. And since you already have a product that sells itself, 
it makes it it makes it so much better and because you can just do a couple little marketing things and you're good to go but like you said if you're a great marketer and your your product sucks or like if you just suck as a business then <laughs> that kind of that can only last for so long you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah that's why that's why like when i first started out um you know like i had i had probably like a 50 50 split you know it was small we had some adults and some athletes but I remember like that, like second year of like when we hit a lot more athletes and then the summer ended and I like, I kind of panicked. Like I was like, oh gosh, yeah. you know, like I'm not used to this, but now we utilize the downtime as, okay, you, where's your stack of books that when we were like flat out all summer, where's your stack of books that need to be read to better yourself as a coach? What is our list of protocols after we had this summer of success? What can we do better? What do we, what, you know, strengths and weaknesses and so forth. So right. it's, I think the biggest thing is that this business can run in like an ebb and flow, you know, like you, you can have super, like, you know, look at, I've had some years where, what is it like January, you know, everyone sets their goals. And, and next thing you know, you're, you're just getting like email after email. Like I want to come in, I want to come in. You know, so you have these times where there's just a large demand for it. And then you have times where there's just a little less demand and you need to know like not to panic and how to organize your time. Because if you have nothing but time on your side and you have nothing to do with that time, but worry, you're not really going to help benefit your clients or yourself. That's so true. And last question for you, buddy. So okay. let's say, so what does growth look like for you guys? Like a year from now, where do you want to be at? A uh, year from now, um, well, it kind of, so the hard part is, is that the ever looming uh, pandemic situation, right, uh, right, because right. it's not a, uh, prior to that, we were seeing a steady growth curve. Um, and then, you know, we lucked out because uh, the situation canceled a lot of seasons. So we had all of our kids were like, hey, I'm back That's home. True. We have nothing to do. So yeah. the first year of COVID, we were actually like, hey, we're fine. We're doing pretty good. And then it was as we got to this year, it got a little harder. We didn't see as much like um, uh, as much growth with um, like adults. You know, a lot of people bought gym equipment and ran stuff out of their house, which is totally, totally understandable. And then you had a lot of businesses just go online. So they're they're You know, you're competing. If we went online, I think the average price is like 10 to 20 bucks to train online with somebody. So mm -hmm. like those those situations are hard. But. I see that our service is only getting better and more fine tuned that I think we'll see a, a, a good solid growth with athletics in the next summer. And because of that, we tend to get a lot of adults that are like, well, if those guys can handle so-and-so who is playing overseas or so-and-so who's at college, I'd like to go talk to them about some of the, the problems that I'm having and see what, what the opportunity is for them to help me out. Yeah. So I see, I see positive growth, you know, I just see, I, I see there are some, there are some potential hurdles and hopefully that as, as the world goes forward, we're moving away from it and everyone right. gets back to their normal, you know, situations. Right. Sounds good, Kyle. And Kyle, thank you for being on the podcast today. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but uh, I think we, we got some good value from this and it's going to, it'll be a great podcast. So um, for our audience out there, if you found value from this, uh, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner or you uh, just want more information about it or you want to be on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. And until then, Gym Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, one of the owners of Team Quest Athletic Center in California, Jared Vandera. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. Waking up, having some coffee. All right, man. I'm glad that uh, you're spending a little bit of your morning with us. Let's hop into it. Tell us what Team Quest Athletic Center is all about. Uh, Team uh, Team Quest is a uh, gym that's uh, focused around MMA. Uh, I my personal style is Muay Thai, um, but I'm also a black belt in Jiu Jitsu. We all offer wrestling, and we gear people up for fights. Uh, we get people, you know, just wanting to have fun and take away from the mundane uh, ways of weight weightlifting. Just not my preferred style of working out. And some other people style, they'd rather punch someone in the face or learn how to choke someone out to lose weight and get skill from it. Awesome, man. I mean, I, there's probably a time in all of our lives where we'd rather rather punch somebody in the face or choke them out than, than lift weight. So maybe there's room for balance in there somewhere, but that sounds a heck of a lot more, uh, more of a tension release. So uh, I'm glad there's guys like, out there like you that are that are providing that type of facility so let's just grab a little bit of background on you I know that you've been been a pro fighter for a while um that's that's kind of how you got into this so give me a little bit of your background as far as how you how being a fighter led you into being a business owner uh so I've uh I started when right uh right in high school uh I went to local gym this is where I met the previous owner. Uh, I worked and trained with him for basically under eight, nine years. Uh, and then he just, he was a Michigan boy. He kind of got tired of the California living. And he has, uh, uh, he has three kids and he was like, I want to raise my kids in a place that, you know, I feel more comfortable in. And basically, uh, because I was always there with him uh, from like the beginning to the very end, he was like, hey, uh, you're the first person that's helped, helped me out. He goes, I want to offer you this a business. And me and the wife, we were like, yo, let's jump on this as a, a steal. He offered it to us for 15000 And so we pulled all, all of our uh, stops to make the money. Uh, we opened, uh, um, we were, I purchased it 
two months before COVID hit. And then I used this time to kind of work on the facility and then eventually was able to open in the time of uh, that weird time in California where we opened up everything in June. And that's when I was able to officially make the business start working. And ever since then, it's been pretty smooth sounds. Awesome. Awesome, man. So when you took over, nobody could have anticipated COVID. So there's not really anything that, that you could have done a plan for there. Um, but since, since things have been more or less reopened, I don't want to say we're out of the woods yet because this thing just keeps rearing its head up. But like, what did the business look like as far as clients? You know, how many clients were there? How, how many people training when you started? And have you done anything to increase that? Have you just been trying to maintain it? What does it look like as far as, um, as the, you know, the people training with you have gone? Um, one, we kind of go through cycles. Um, we had the, um, we had a lot of the younger crowd when we first opened up uh, during COVID because a lot of parents kind of wanted their kids out of the house for five minutes. They're like, like you need to get out. Uh, so we had a lot of younger clients. Now the fact that California is slowly reopening and pretty open, especially in Southern California, that now I'm getting a bunch of like uh, late teens, early adulthood. Uh, they all want to fight because now the amateur scene's up and uh, uh, up and going. Uh, I've uh, saw a slight increase of people uh, ever since I joined the UFC. And uh, that that definitely is a great uh, branding for uh, business. Um, the town that I live in, Hammond, California, we're uh, low poverty. So we have to keep our prices low to keep uh, attracting people to come in. Because I know other places that cost like two, $300 to come train. And I know people around here cannot afford all that stuff. So we try to kind of go with uh, the flow of the situations right now to just maintain a good client base and uh, maintain uh, members. Got it, got it. So obviously cashing in on a little bit of that notoriety is good, um, but you're not looking, you're not all of a sudden, you know, like, oh, hey, you know what? We're gonna go super premium. And just because I might have a name, you know, if you wanna come in here, you gotta sell your firstborn child. Like there's there's some paying attention to the market and feeling out, you know, what's the best combination of price for value to keep those, the amount of people training with you growing, even though it's not steady, you know, you like you said, you go through cycles. Ideally you want to keep that number going up to the degree you can. Yes, exactly. Because uh, yes, uh, currently I'm in the UFC, but you know, the longevity of that could, you know, quickly last a couple fights or could last 10, 20 years. It's not for sure. So I'm not trying to hang my hat completely on that entirely. Entirely, I'd rather have a business where I can maintain a long-term and be able to get people in there. And yeah, like, yes, I have people like, oh, you find the UFC, that's amazing. But I'm like, you know, you guys can too. And it's not like, I'm like, do what I did just train every day and you're gonna make a lot of sacrifices uh but no i like uh 
I also grew up very poor and I had struggles trying to get into any form of martial arts as a kid because even in the early 2000s, like a lot of it was like two, three hundred dollars a month. And I'm just like, yo, I want I want, you know, kids and some uh, adults to come and train without really like forking over, like you said, their firstborn son. Uh, I want them to actually have that opportunity to possibly grow and fall in love with the sport like I did. Got it. Got it. So you took over with some type of dream or vision in mind. I mean, obviously, I don't think there's a fighter that you could find that wouldn't say, I'd love to have my own gym, right? Whether they think about it right offhand is business or not, but you know, why wouldn't someone have their own gym, their own team, all that stuff, um, at least from the aspect of the freedom that it gives you. But what else did you have in mind? What was the, uh, or is, it's, it's so new, the, the vision for you as far as owning it? Is this something where this is what you're going to make your life's work out of it? It's going to be a business that you want to be in, you know, for the rest of your life. You see yourself being a a gym owner, training athletes, training general population. Like what's the long-term goal? Uh, more recently, I, I, I met this uh, fighter named James Krause. Uh, I want to say he's from Missouri. Uh, I met him at the UFC PI. Now, I had a small conversation with him, and but he owns his own gym, but he's also a head coach, and he hosts uh, like, I want to say three or four UFC fighters himself. And ever since then, I'm just like, you know what? That's kind of the direction I would like to go in is I would like to have a place where high level fighters could come and train under me and we could, I could take them to the UFC and myself compete in the UFC. Uh, I have a few fighters right now that are still on the amateur circuit, but my goal for them is to actually get into the amateur, finish strong in the amateur circuit before going pro and have these gentlemen and I actually have one female possibly going to the UFC. And I'm like, that's the goal I would like to do. So that's the direction for me. Um, I know Lauren, my business partner, uh, she, she's more or less, she likes these, uh, she wants to keep it for the stable career option, knowing that, uh, the fighting aspect, you know, I'm fighting uh, the likelihood of injuries and all that stuff plays a big part. And we have kids. So she likes the comfort of security of having the gym. So she wants it run up and running. And she's always been, uh, she's always been uh, a business manager uh, at her other locations. So She's very on top of that, making sure we go in the right direction. Got it. Got it. So you do have, it's not, it's not just about a place to train and a place to train fighters. You're going to try to find that balance. Of course, your passion is, is in the fight game, but you also realize in order that for this to support you, to support your family, it does have to be run like a business. And then the matter of, really where the where the work comes in is finding out what that balance is what the compromise is between making it run making it so that it it pays the bills keeps the lights on keeps the kids fed but where you can still exercise your passion for 
helping fighters get to the next level, helping people, maybe giving some shots that you didn't have or that you would have liked to seen people get? Yes, uh, I've uh, quickly I realized that there was going to be sacrifices to make. I, I cut the schedule down and I wish I couldn't, but I, I can't be two places at once. I'm still, like I said, an active UFC fighter. So my morning classes, I've been working on trying to rebuild that because I can't be there. My evening classes is where I thrive. Um, one of the things that I also learned quickly being a business owner, not even being an owner of a gym for long, is I realized I had to be a business owner to make it run. If I was like, oh, I'm a fighter and I'm going to run it surrounding me, I realized that I'm going to lose people. And it's not all fun and games when, you know, the um, business owner is like, hey, I need my check for the rent. And you're like, oh, I, I have only five people that I spar and train with. You quickly learn that you have to be a business person. Um, one of the things I do know is a lot of fighters and people that want to become fighters have families. So we are very open to people actually bringing their kids to the gym. We are very family friendly in the sense we have kids running around while we're training. Um, and that alone, I think, has brought in a lot of uh, a lot more people. They're like, oh, this is kid friendly. And that helps because, you know, people have kids. You know, we can't just be like, oh, so we do take a little uh, a step back from professionalism by allowing the kids that. But it is one of those things where I think it helps our gym really like shine when kids are actually, you can hear the laughter of kids while getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's great to see that you have this awareness of, I have to, I have to find a middle ground somewhere. You know, it's great, I, you know, as being a gym owner and loving to see people bring their families in and having the kids run around. None of my gyms ever involved people pun getting punched in the face that I know of, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but similarly, like, Hey, they're here to work out, to feel better, to get healthier, to reach some sort of goal, but they can include their family. And, and maybe that doesn't have the highest degree of quote professionalism, but it makes you feel good as a human to know that, that you're involved in their life to a degree other than just swiping their credit card. Yeah, uh, I've found that, you know, making those connections on a human level and not necessarily a business level, I've created a longevity with these people. These people are, uh, as a business standpoint, they're more willing to give us money. But on the other side is like we find ourselves, you know, having connections with people that are going to help us grow in ways that, you know, money cannot buy. We have people that would talk about it. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I have people like, oh, yeah, my friend comes here. They said that I can bring my daughter to class. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, you know, or they'll be like, oh, they'll see kids. It's like, is it okay if I bring my uh, newborn? I'm like, yeah. But they're like, what if I have to go be a parent? I'm like, be a parent. My daughters run, run wild in the gym. And uh, like they, they're like, oh, parent mode has to activate every now and then. 
taking away that professionalism a little bit, though, it has allowed us to gain a lot more of kind of a family-friendly community. Uh, it's even gone to a point where we we try not to tell, like, we try not to, like, our business is number one. We, I, I open the doors, I'm like, okay, if you want to go to, like, a jiu-jitsu gym, here's this gym down the street that's great. I know all the head coaches and owners of basically every gym in the city. And I try to guide people to whatever uh, gym they feel comfortable in because I don't, I don't like being pushy. I don't like being like, you must come and train with us. I'm like, hey, here's your options. And because of that, though, I've also created relationships in other people's gyms where I've gotten a lot more people coming from different gyms are like, hey, you know, I like the vibe you gave me by letting me know about these other gyms. But the fact that you were confident and secure enough to tell me about them, I want to roll with you because you're not afraid to let people go out. And then we've established friendships where we could cross train and it doesn't affect anyone. And we actually build relationships more so and it's becoming more of a community, I would like to think around here and that i think is uh the true longevity than oh swipe a card oh okay cool i got some money from you but have a nice day like that doesn't help anybody yeah for sure you've mentioned community a couple times and family and one of the things that that always leads me to because you know there from the business side of things there are there are logistics that you have to consider and a lot of times it's it's number of people it's space so in your facility that you have now, um, because there's always always the possibility for change or growth, but what do you feel like your goal or ideal amount of people training with you would be? And can you fit that many in the facility that you have now, or would it take a change? Uh, for the building I am at right now, having about 100 people, I think would be ideal. Now, luckily... Uh, and this is, you can have a member that only shows up once a month, you know, those are the ones that more or less keep your lights on. And then you got those guys that are in every day, all day, you know, they're the ones that are basically spreading their dollar, dollar thin for the business. But either way though, having those two feel wanted and accepted there, I think goes far, far, uh, goes farther than a lot I can imagine but right now for the building that I'm in I think having 100 people and having the flux like Tuesday nights is maybe our busiest night where we have anywhere from 20 to 30 people on the mat in almost every class so if we go anything higher than about 30 35 that's when it becomes an issue because now people are basically on top of each other trying to grapple or trying to strike and this is where injuries happen so if we can maintain anywhere from 80 to 100 maybe a little trickle over then i think we'd be fine but if we continue to grow and get into the like like even 110 to 120 we're going to have to add more mats and that can only go so far before we actually have to start looking for a new location not a bad problem to have but not one that you're facing just this minute yeah 
it, it I mean, like, like we were talking earlier, like, you know, short, like long-term goals is to do the whole James Krause uh, thing, but we have to have short-term goals. And that is to just slowly add members, slowly add mats. And then once that business is filled, then we start looking for, uh, you know, a bigger place. But until then, you know, let's go use what we have and capitalize on that until further notice type of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So we are, we're running low on time. So I have a couple of quick questions for you before we have to let you go. First one is, um, I, I don't, I don't want to make it unfair because nobody could have predicted COVID, but other than that, um, when you decided that you were going to go all in buy the facility and become, go from being just a fighter and a coach to a business owner, um, if there was anything you could go back and tell yourself or something you wish you knew, what would it be? Uh, either watch more YouTube videos or just hire someone to do some of the like cleaning out of the gym. Uh, so the place that we got was littered with carpet and the landlords were like, yeah, you can take out the carpet and stuff like that. Take out the tile. I am not your handyman kind of man. I I'm great at punching and kicking people, but if you want me to install like a cabinet hanging from your ceiling, I am not your man. Hmm. Uh, and it took me a lot longer to, you know, prep the gym and do little things like that. So I wish I kind of took more time in trying to prep uh, to rebuild the gym. But once I kind of got over that aspect, it kind of just flowed pretty well for me. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Last question before we let you go. If people want to find more information about you specifically and about Team Quest Athletic Center, where can they go and look around? Where can they find you? Uh, for the gym, you can find it on Facebook and Instagram of Team Quest Athletic Center. Uh, for me personally, Jared Vandera, you can find me on every major platform, but I prefer my Instagram and TikToks over Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. I'm going to have to give you a follow on, on both of those, uh, the Instagram and the TikTok. I don't really, I don't do Twitter, so I'm going to, but if I'll, I'll bow out of that one. All right, man, it's been a pleasure having you here. I appreciate you uh, giving some time out of your morning with us. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you being here with us. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.